AM 790 Talk and Business presents Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island with your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Join Bronwyn to hear about the next Water Fire event in downtown Providence, plus other great cultural events happening in the community. Now, here's your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Well, hello, 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 and good afternoon, and welcome to Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island, your one-hour talk show and entertainment program here on AM790, which is your station for talk and business. And here's when we bring you right behind the scenes to Rhode Island's signature event that's been setting the state literally on fire for nearly 20 years. And again, I'm Bronwyn Dannenfelser, uh, the Director of Development for Water Fire Providence, and I am your host today. And of course, I have got my incredible co-host, the artistic director and creator of Waterfire, Mr. Barnaby Evans. Hello, Barnaby. Good afternoon, Brahman. Good afternoon, everyone. It's a, a, a cold day. I just came back from California for Thanksgiving. And how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. It was great to have that annual gathering of food and coming together, and I think that's an appropriate theme to think about as we talk about our two guests today. Absolutely. Well, one, we're in the holiday season and in this whole spirit of giving and, you know, what a lot of people don't know. I mean, I know a press release went out last week, but we are absolutely so excited that for the fourth year in a row, we will be doing our very special Christmas water fire to benefit the Providence Rescue Mission, um, which is this wonderful, wonderful group that actually, you know, I think of Christmas and I think of Thanksgiving and people doing things, and often we only do things for people on holidays. And this group and our guest, um, who I'll introduce in a moment, Talk about being Santa Claus and actually extending that thing. Yeah, 365 days a year. Um, I'm always astounded by the incredible work that they do. Um, And so, yeah, our first guest, and I'm just going to jump right in and introduce you, Sean, is Sean Carew, who's the executive director and founder of the Providence Rescue Mission. Yes. Yeah, it's it's good to be here. Now, after that buildup, I can go home. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm good. Thanks for having me. That was great. (laughs) Well, no, it's so true, you know, because before we even came on air, we were talking about, you know, we've got a big focus in the future about what we're going to be doing for the Christmas fire. But can you tell people the staggering numbers of just what you did over Thanksgiving? Yeah, the month of November was great. You know, we're we're a uh, private 501c3 uh, non-denominational nonprofit ministry, and we had a great uh focus from the community, from people that wanted to help us this year, and there was such a need, uh, a staggering number for the total number of meals provided for the poor in our city and state areas from the mission. We're kind of coming out at around 63, 65,000 meals for the month. And so, you know, that's a staggering number, obviously. Uh, we didn't do it just in that one building because that would act truly be an act of God. Uh, but what we did was is we have our nightly feeding seven days a week. We average about 12,000 meals a month breakfast, lunch, and dinner to anybody that comes through our doors. Then we had our first Thanksgiving feeding the Saturday before because that's when needy families have the lowest income on the month of November. I imagine. Close to 1,000 meals that day. Then we did our traditional Thanksgiving meal on that Thursday. I mean, another 800-plus meals there. But then we also delivered because we know that some organizations don't deliver to shut-ins, elderly uh, folks or disabled vets. We delivered another 400 meals to those folks. And then we did 1,200 food boxes the week before because we actually try to drive the crowd 
down because there's more dignity having Thanksgiving at home than coming to the mission. So we gave families 20-pound turkeys with 40 pounds of dry goods. So that could serve 40 to 45 servings out of that. We did that for 1,200 families. So if you multiply 45 servings times 1,200, add the 12,000 meals for the month, add the shutters, everything, somewhere in that area. And it was a truly, truly, I, I don't mean to jump on this, but... The volunteers, and I know you guys do a lot of, but to see the love of our city ministering to people with such dignity and grace, it it was a real privilege. I got to tell you, it was just a real privilege to see. So that was the month of November. Right. Just plus our sheltering. And thank you you for the work you do. I mean, I don't think many people are aware of the, the depth of the need or the capacity that you are with your small groove. You know, yeah. expanding to fill. Well, it's getting huge. I mean, we literally right now, I mean, we're sheltering up to 130 men, women, and children a night. We have four facilities. We have long-term uh, recovery from being homeless. We do high school education. We run one of the largest prison ministries of the state. We have over 250 inmates on our Learning to Live initiative, which uh, actually is very, very well received. We have a waiting list of 250 wow. because we need more wow. teachers, and we're getting there. Our dental ministry last year, we did three. $365,000 of pro bono dental care, and we do emergency services. We're open 24 hours a day, and the, the amazing thing is is it's 100% privately funded. It's individuals, businesses, churches, partnering with great groups like Waterfire that brings the supplies in to meet the needs. So it's fantastic. It's a privilege for me to be allowed to do it. Sean, how long has the mission been open, and what because you're not from Rhode Island originally. No, no. What what made you come to Rhode Island, and when did you do that? And really, what was the impetus that brought you into this calling and this vocation? Well, I, I you know, one, this is our 15th year. Congratulations. So this, yeah, we're very excited. 1999, my wife and my kids came through an organization called the Association of Gospel Rescue Missions. Their Northeast District had a vision of bringing gospel rescue missions into cities that didn't have one or states that didn't have one. Rhode Island didn't have one. I'd never been to Rhode Island. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, upstate New York. And when I looked on the map, I honestly thought it was part of Cape Cod. I was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've grown to love it. It's little roadie to me now. I've been here. But when I first looked, I, I you know, uh, we laughed because I, you said you just came back from California. Yeah. I love California. And I, when I started into this work, I kept praying to God, saying, God, I want to do this work in California. I want to go to – and every time I prayed – he would send me farther north. Mm-hmm. And the last time I asked God to go start a mission in California, he sent me to Rhode Island. So I figured I better shut up <laughs> because the next part is like program, Caribou, yeah. Maine, or I'm up in Canada, and I'm good with saying A. So here's where we settled in, and it's been an incredible journey. Uh, it's been a lot of volunteers, a lot of people that are passionate for the poor. You really don't realize I talk to mission directors across the United States of America and they are astounded at the faithful generosity of Rhode Islanders. It's very, very unique here. The people in Rhode Island are just dynamic and unique, I have to yeah. tell you. Yeah. Uh, amazing people, their their generosity and their caring. So, again, my privilege to, to be here. Well, it is, again, it is a vocation and a it calling is, yeah. to, to do that I yeah. mean, and to want to give to people. And the thing that I find, and I remember when I first met you and you brought me through the mission. Yes. As well as through the woman's house that you had yes. just created. Um, and you were showing me that everything, there wasn't a, ch- 
I, I, I'm putting this saying to me, Brahman, we're, we're giving people's dignity back. Yes, you know, everybody, right. yeah. everybody might not have been at, at such a low place, but everybody in their own life can actually probably pinpoint Absolutely. some time when they've Absolutely. just been down and out. And you, you don't want people to be giving a handouts, but a hand up. Right? Well, yeah, exactly. And, and it's like I say, you can look at the, the people. We don't use words like homeless, addict, client. They're our guests. And, and the reason why we say that is simple is that every person that comes through our door in need whether they are a, a hardcore heroin addict or somebody that's been living on the streets or addiction, mental health, wh- wh- whatever it is, when they were young, they had dreams. They never want, There's nobody that's ever come to our doors in 15 years that said, boy, if I could only be a homeless alcoholic, right. then my <laughs> life would be complete. Exactly. And so if you think about that, when they come in, what makes us think those dreams aren't viable anymore? Right. You know, mm-hmm. just because you've struggled with addiction or there's some mental health issues or whatever's going on in prison, whatever it is, you know, I'm a great believer that God puts those dreams in you when he creates you. So we have the opportunity to say, hey, God's not done with you yet. You know, dream dreams. And that's why we provide all the facilities we do, mm-hmm. because even like the dental ministry, the reason why we do the dental ministry, you can't get a good job with bad teeth. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's it's the whole process of this is what love really looks like when we say God loves you. This is what, when we say the Lord Jesus loves you. This is what it, love is. It's not beat you down and your life's sore. We're like, no, no, you got good stuff to do yet. And I get the privilege of seeing what I call miracles when that happens. Yeah. So anyhow, so yeah, that's really important to us. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of miracles actually <laughs> happening with all. The, I mean, after 15 years, and after the numbers that you've just said about the people that you know that you're providing shelter for and uh. food for. Is there any kind of statistic that you can give us as to, you know, what what do you see the turnaround is? You, you know, I, I, I can't, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because, it, you know, we don't really keep track of that on purpose. Because success is, I can make anything success. Like, I, some people can be say, well, our organization has an 87% success rate, and I believe them. But you can make it what you want. I don't know. Every night, somebody could come here and be encouraged and right. then it might be two years down the road, there's someone there go, I remember the mission. I've heard that before. And they took change. What I like to look at is you see miracles. Like there was a quick story. Uh, a couple, we, obviously we have folks that come to us undocumented because of where we are. And right now I have two men on our program and both of them, one of them's done. Not only did he get his green card into the United States, but he got his driver's license. Awesome. I had a, we had a Chinese lady, young lady, that was pregnant. Her husband abandoned her two weeks in the country. She's now a legal resident of the United States of America. That's astounding. Like, yeah. that's a miracle. I, like, if I could do this, I'd be writing books. You guys would have picked me up in a limo. Right. Okay? <laughs> it's just the Lord doing great things, and we get to watch it. And just have a little bit of part of it. So that's, that's what we do. We're going to come back and talk more to Sean Carew from guys. the Providence Rescue Thank Mission you, about the awesome work they're doing and how you can help. You're listening Amen. to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business.
And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island. I am Bronwyn Bannon-Felter, your host, and I'm here with Barnaby Evans, the creator of Waterfire, and we are having a really phenomenal conversation with just an amazing man doing amazing things, uh, Sean Carew, who is the executive director of the Providence Rescue Mission. If you have not heard of them and you are just joining us now, look them up. Um, feeding housing, uh, providing just medical emotional support, dentals, yeah, medical and dental support yeah. for um, people in need, and just an amazing man, and our partners for our very special Christmas water fire. Fourth one. I Fourth, know. Number four. Four who, years who in a row. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. Who'd have yeah. thunk it? All right. Like, exactly. It's and fantastic. And I remember when we started this, the, the idea was, right. you know, one, it's going to be on December 19th again. Yep. and uh, up. Yep. So there'll be Santa and a festival of trees, which I'll get a little bit more into. But one of the main missions when we began this in the beginning was, you know, all of these different things that you're providing for people through the mission, Sean, and then you and all the volunteers that you're working with, um, we you need donations. Oh, and, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. there's a couple of things that you do, especially now you made it through Thanksgiving, yep. through the grace of God. Grace a lot of God. Of, a lot of Fantastic. Great, great um, people. Exactly. And then now we're going into Christmas, yep. though. And, you know, Christmas can be a really tough time, especially yep. if you don't have any money. Um, yep. So I do know that we wanted to collect toys. Yes. And we're going to be collecting toys, not only on the 19th um, at Waterfire, but I think that we need people to start going down and donating toys now, because if you could explain yeah. what you do, and it's look, amazing. little quick synopsis. Again, everything we try to do, dignity, grace, love. A few years ago, we looked at it, and, uh, you know, a lot of times when you see this on Christmas Day, you see the film, the news cameras come out, people are standing in line, kid gets a toy. We didn't like it, because uh, we looked at Christmas and so said, what do you like about Christmas? You like being at home with your family. The kids come under the tree. They open the toy. They look at mom and dad or who's ever caring for them. And there's gratitude in their heart. There's dignity. Uh, come in and have them actually stand in line, have a stranger as long as you don't give anybody a hard time. You get what you want. You're not really building those ideas of, of self-worth, of hard work. So we changed it up. And what we do is we collect toys and new toys. We like them around $10. Nobody has to go crazy. Ten, I mean, if you want to, feel free. But uh, that's our expectation. Clothing, new coats, scarves, sweaters outfits fantastic and we take part of the mission and we set it up like a store and the parents come without their kids before christmas and they get to pick three toys uh, usually a large small medium small and a stocking stuffer then at the other side of the door we have volunteers that are wrappers Mm-hmm. And we wrap all the gifts, and we put them in a big, green, ugly garbage bag <laughs> so the kids can't see them. But then on yeah. Christmas Day, the kids never hear about the mission. Right. And that's what we want. We don't want them right. to hear about us. We want them to look at their family sure. and say, our family took care of us. So it's a great opportunity. And we need toys. We're looking at We'd love to do right now. We're scaled out at 500-plus children. I'd love to get that closer to a thousand kids, yep, sure. but I need toys just at the 500 children mark. We're collecting toys. We need about 1,400 toys because we're doing 14, 1,500. We're doing three gifts apiece. Sure. Sean, where can yeah. people drop off these toys? Right at the mission. Okay. 627 Cranston Street, right on the west end. It's easy on, easy off from Route 10. I sound like a food mart. Okay. Easy on, easy off. Route 10, you can literally pull into our parking lot. You don't park on the street. There's big signs on the building. You can get out of your car, come in the door, say, I've got something. Our team will come out, get it, give you a receipt right there so we can send you a thank you note. 
and you could you could really impact some kids this year. It could. I'd love to do. I'd love to do a thousand. I'd be giddy at a thousand. Mm-hmm. I'll do the jig at seven fifty. <laughs> and uh, you can put Send it those. viral if you want. You know, we can come back. <laughs> you can film it. But we really want to hit as many kids as we can, especially our prison kids. Yeah. We one of the things that our prison ministry that we do is that we're teaching classes of like how to be a father from prison. And so we partner with the inmates, and what we do is we have them send a letter to their wife saying, I know I'm in prison, but I'm going to take care of the kids this year. Because suicide and depression is its highest rate, especially in the prisons at Christmas. So now they send the form, and we actually do a special dinner for those wives that day. We do something special for them, but they get to have Christmas, and then we ask the wives, can the husband send gift tags to put on the box? And so on Christmas Day, even though he's paying for his what he's done, his kids open up and it says from dad to Juan or from dad to Bill. And there's a connection. So even though he's sitting there in prison, he can say, you know what? For the first time, I took care of my family. Yep. And so yeah. the dignity factor there is huge. It's huge. Well, so that's why we need more that. toys. Yeah. And that kind of rolls into the, the idea that we had. It wasn't the first year that we did this, but the second year we started the Festival of Trees. Yeah, absolutely. If you are a company or an individual out there, um, for $500, uh, you can sponsor a tree, come down. The proceeds of those sponsorships for those trees will be split. Um, <clears throat> between the rescue mission and water fire. Yep. And what happens is at the end of the night and the next day, those trees will be delivered all, all to all a decorated with all decorated with lights and yeah. uh, ornaments. And will be like delivered that. to a family yeah. that needs them, just like you were saying. So, you know, we're just keeping the momentum going. And, and, and it's great momentum. Yeah. You should see when the families get a tree. Our problem is because I think last year we did about 20 Yeah, trees? I think so. Was that yeah. the number? I think it was about yeah. 20. Well, after 20, we would have wanted to do more. So yeah. imagine if we got, say, again, I'm not going to promise a jig for everyone, but imagine if we got 100 businesses mm-hmm. to do water fire. We could light the basin with those. Yeah, yeah. We Absolutely. could do it. Yeah. We could do it. Imagine them coming down and doing that. And then not only does the money go to two worthy causes, obviously water fire, love water fire, great group, love you guys to death, love what you do for our city. I think personally, I think water fire – really brings the warmth of what Rhode Island is by the lightings and the music and the and the artwork that Barnaby and your team have put together. I love it. But mm-hmm. imagine not only those proceeds, but imagine us being able to do a hundred families mm-hmm. and right. give them those trees. Wow. And wow. Plus talks- we get cash. So hey. <laughs> hey I've never turned a check down in my life, you know, Me for the mi- right. for the mission. For the mission, I have to say. But so yeah. that would for be exciting. Yeah. But it, and you know, again, it's spreading a little bit of that holiday cheer and yeah. putting that the smiles on people's faces and because we're gonna have caroling. Yeah. I know. So Christmas yeah. caroling. Yeah. Absolutely. And on the big tree. Big tree. And, we got tree. Santa. Yeah, and I don't know if a lot of people know this or if you've been down to the um Christmas fire in the past, but there's this huge Christmas tree on the basin stage and decorating that tree are all ornaments that are being sent in from elementary school Fantastic. kids all over Rhode Island and they are absolutely amazing and Fantastic. some of them just they're great a lot of fun, yeah. yeah and so we're kind of we get to bring together the whole community ah. we get to celebrate you and the yeah. Providence Rescue yeah. Mission I know that there will be a place so people can come and donate well to the absolutely mission. I think you guys have a setup 
right by the steps. Yes. Coming right by the bridge. Yep. We're going to have a couple of tents, and then we're going to have a couple of boxes down there, too, that For people presents. bring toys in right, mm-hmm. right away and, and would love to see them come out. I, I personally think if you can come out on that Friday night, and you can experience the magic of Christmas. You know, we've done it, like I said, this is our fourth year. When the fires are crackling, you can hear them crackle, and you got the music. Uh, again, Barnaby does such a great job with the selection, and we have that great sense and of people singing and all people that sort of stuff. People singing, and, and you're wandering around, and it's a little cold, so what? You're bundled up. It's supposed you, to be that's cold. That's right. You hear the crackling. <laughs> time, I wouldn't mind a little snow. Not that I, I don't want it to be a snowstorm. Yeah. No snowstorm, but we can do a light storm. But it's special (laughs) because you walk in there and it's just, you feel like hometown. Yeah. Right, and that that Christmas, almost like a Walton's Christmas in a yeah, long like way, a Dickens right? tale, Dickens you know? tale, yeah. and it's beautiful. And the it's whole family, experience. the whole city's there too. Whole city's there. It's it's just outstanding. So we're excited. We'd love to see them come down and give toys that night yep. because you'd get something in return. Yeah, truthfully. Now there are two things we want to get out. There's more information on this if you want to be uh, do a tree or something at waterfire.org forward slash Christmas. It right. explains how you can. Uh, donate how you can be part of the Christmas and what was the place where people can drop off toys? So uh, the address? Providence Rescue Mission. It's at 627 Cranston Street. 627 Cranston Street. And if you have any questions, the easiest thing is go up onto our webpage, ProvidenceRescueMission.org, mm-hmm. and there's access to everything there. But we just kicked off our Christmas toy drive actually this past Saturday, so we're just this is a great time to be on this show. Love to have some toys. And you know we'll keep repeating this until we actually hit this fire on the 19th. But you I betcha. also want to say we remember the we remember that we need to do these things around thanksgiving and christmas january is a great time to give so yeah. it's february and everybody there's always food you can find out about the harvesting program i'm yep. sure more volunteers are needed um, at the mission so please make sure to check out the providence rescue mission and again um sean thank you and your wife marbeth and your family and all the volunteers yep. and all the work that you do and you are making such a difference in people's well, thank lives you. and thanks to waterfire we're, we're excited about this we love you guys and it's going to be a great night the 19th everybody should come down thank you guys for everything. Thank, Thank you, Sean. Sean. Okay, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry, right, Christmas. Merry Christmas. You're listening to AM790, your station for talk and business. We'll be right back. And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. I'm Bronwyn Dannenfelter, your host, and I'm here with Barnaby Evans, the creator and artistic director of Waterfire. And we just had a great conversation. We're talking all about our December 19th fire there with uh, Sean Carew, who is the executive director of the Providence Rescue Mission. Um, it's going to be a great, very special Christmas Waterfire lighting, uh, thanks to an anonymous donor. Um, who you know who you are, and uh, but uh, it's going to be a wonderful night, December nineteenth. If people want more information, I know that Barnaby said it before the break, but we'll say it again. Barnaby, what is it? www.waterfire.org forward slash Christmas. That's correct. All Absolutely. right. Absolutely. And people can find out more information there. But you know, talking about food and the Christmas spirit and. Uh, food and signature events in Rhode Island. (laughs) Um, I'm so excited to introduce our next guest, uh, who, uh, one, is not only, well, he's a member of the Waterfire Board of Directors, and so we've known him in that capacity for a while, but even before that, you you were on our radars uh, 
John Skank, who is the publisher of Edible Roadie and uh, an amazing magazine. Thank you. So uh, it, it's a pleasure to have you in here. And I can see, you know, Great to be here. for anybody who doesn't know, Barnaby, I'm about to, uh, I'm about to let out a little secret about you to everybody out there. Um, on the front of the Edible Roadie magazine, it's all about chocolate. And anybody who the knows. The current issue, absolutely. Yeah, and anybody knows Barnaby. That works with Barnaby, that's known Barnaby for even a little while, knows that chocolate is one of his favorite things. That's why we did it. <laughs> <laughs> but, John, it is such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. So how many years Edible Roadie? Well, Edible Roadie's been uh, in existence for about eight years. Uh, it was uh, started by a gentleman who, um, after publishing the magazine for a year or so, um, felt the call of his native land and moved back to Seattle. And Washington, where he started in Edible Seattle. Uh, but he uh, sold the magazine uh, to me and his then editor, Jeannie McPherson Trevor, who was working for him in a freelance capacity. And Jeannie and I um, picked up the magazine from uh, Alex Corcoran, the former owner. And uh, that was about uh, seven years ago. And Jeannie and I have been publishing Edible Roadie ever since. And I think both of us, I think I can speak for her and saying that we have never had so much fun working in either of our lives. And, and I've been working a lot longer than she has. But um, Rhode Island is, is absolutely the best place uh, to be in a food and people business yeah, uh, that I can imagine. It's full of treasures, isn't it? It's yeah, just extraordinary. Yeah. It, it's, and the people are so yeah. great. Uh, my wife, Holly, and I moved up from, from New York um, just about eight years ago. And um, we didn't really know what to expect. We had some friends up here, which is really why we came to Rhode Island. But I can tell you, we never looked back. We just um, have had, we found such good friends here. Uh, we found the, the lifestyle to be absolutely perfect, at least for us. I love being close to Boston, love being within spitting distance of, uh, of New York. Uh, we still go back to the city uh, once or twice a month and have lunch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, 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 and one of the things that, that, that got us on the, on, the, on the bandwagon early on was right after we moved up here, we had some friends up from New York, and we went to a water fire. And um, we went down to the, we didn't really know what to expect, and we went down to the river and there was a, um, I think it was a, they were giving tango lessons in oh, the yes. outdoor ballroom. Yeah. And so we wandered up and down the river. We saw the, the lighting. We saw the boats. We wandered over to the Sovereign Ballroom and saw the dancing. And the and we all jumped on the dance floor. Mm -hmm. And I, really, I have three left feet. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but the, 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 the uh, eclectic, um, nature of the group on the dance floor was what really won us over. We're, we're New Yorkers. And we always expect there to be a little bit of an edge to things. Mm -hmm. And this was just so friendly and so mellow and so musical. And the you could, you could just soak in the atmosphere of a city that had turned itself over to kind of benevolent enjoyment. It mm -hmm. was so... That's that's kind of what hooked us in. And and the food, of course. And the food. Well, I, I right after I got here, I teamed up uh, with a friend in the city, Debbie Moxham, who now is in charge of our ad sales at Edible Roadie, 
to write uh, a guidebook to Providence restaurants called the 91 Best Restaurants. And um, that was a really fun project until I had to figure out a way to lose the 25 pounds that (laughs) 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 spending a year going out to eat once a day uh, cost me. But um, that's sort of what introduced me to the food culture in a serious way. And uh, it's just gotten... 91 times better since then. But have you always, when you were in New York, were you um, doing well, food as well? Well, when I was in New York, I worked in uh, magazine publishing uh, back in the Mad Men days uh, and somewhat beyond. But we had um, expense accounts, and we were actually encouraged to use them. And, and, and so my friends and I would eat out all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, we it, it, back in the day, you had to have a receipt if you spend more than $25 on a meal. And so the object of the exercise was to um, see how many lunches you could pull off in a month for $24.99. You know, where we are those days? We were good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about 1969, 70, 71. Right. But... Um, now the receipt level's a little higher. <laughs> well, so. the, but the, let's talk about the food in Rhode Island. Yes. I mean, I, um, it's been fascinating to watch the scene grow and watch its uh, its sophistication, but also its its international flavor. Mm-hmm. There's just every type of place. There's casual places. There's fine dining. And Rhode Island is getting increasingly known. I mean, we get stories about Waterford. We get stories yeah. about the food culture yeah. and the restaurants. And yeah. It's it's. The great thing about it is that it has the the breadth and the cosmopolitanism, the eclecticism of big city dining in a small city setting. Yeah, you can, you can walk always to it, yeah. you can always park. Yeah, um, and uh, you know one of the places that uh, that we like to go is a place we wrote up in in this current issue of Edible Roadie, uh, and we'll get to the um, chocolate features in a minute, but one of the places that we write up is a, is a place called um, El Rancho Grande, which is a Mexican restaurant. Uh, a wonderful Mexican a restaurant. A wonderful really re- Mexican restaurant with, uh, I, I think, some of the best Mexican food I've ever had, including in New York. And where is that located, John? It, it is located on the west side, south of Olneyville. Yeah, it's it's it's. You go out on on um, Route Six, you take the first exit off of Ten, and you sort of loop around. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's right there. It is. Uh, we we'll It the used to be easier to get, to get to, but that's it. Plainfield Street. Plainfield Street. Three Eleven Plainfield Street. Yeah. Uh, and no reservations, but um, even if you have to wait, uh, get yourself a margarita, and it, it's uh, pretty painless. Um, but um, Maria makes this spectacular mole, and we pried the recipe out of her for this issue. And one of the things that we suggest when we present the mole recipe to you is that you make it with family or friends. Okay. Right. And and so a lot of, a lot of parts. A lot of parts, yeah. and and a lot of them have to be ground in a mortar, and 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 you know you can't use your Cuisinart for this one. So a mole is like a long stewed sauce. Yeah. And of a, yeah, it and it and it contains among other things chocolate. Yeah. Barnaby chocolate. Absolutely, it's yeah. a, it's a it's a sauce. <laughs> That's the segue <laughs> served on on poultry. Yeah. That is a, a chocolate based. Spicy, savory sauce. It's yeah, not sweet. yeah. No, it's not. Su- it's not. You you can pick up a little sweetness. It's in our recipe. It's got some plantain in it, and uh, 
we got to come back and yeah. talk a little bit more about this mole. Um, <laughs> but, and, and more about Edible Roti, because this magazine's great. It's got all sorts of recipes oh, it's, in uh, it's it and information. It's handsome. It's well-designed. Great photography. Wonderful writing. <laughs> and an extraordinary range of stuff you cover. So we're talking to John Skank, the publisher of Edible Roti, this incredible magazine. And we will be back in a moment. You're listening to AM790, your station for talk and business. And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. I'm Bronwyn Dannenfelser, and I am here with Barnaby Evans, the creator of Waterfire. And we are here with our great guest, uh, John Skank, who is the publisher of Edible Roadie. And if you have not seen this magazine, it's absolutely awesome. I mean, really highlighting all of the incredible, not only restaurants, but food um, here in our own little roadie. And so... John, there's like certain things that every this is a quarterly magazine, but that you have in every magazine that comes out. What are some of those? Well, one of the one of the features that we have uh, is one called Cooking Fresh on a Budget, and I think um, uh, one of the things that concerns us is that there might be a perception out there that eating well is something for people who aren't necessarily doing well, and so uh, Cooking Fresh on a Budget is really uh, great recipes um, with the ingredients uh, costed out. Mm -hmm. So in this issue, for example, we have a recipe for something we're calling make-it-your-own noodle bowl. And it's a a ramen-like dish. Um, And the whole whole cost for the the dish with just the egg and the noodles is $15.87 for four servings. Mm -hmm. And um, that could make a lot of uh, people... uh, very happy at, at dinner time. It's, Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, and the beautiful photograph of the dish. We also do something in the front of the magazine uh, that, that that we call um, uh, well, I know local I... brew. Right. Oh. Uh, and um, this is a story about a chocolate stout um, that is made uh, locally by um, Sean... Uh, I'm Larkin at. Um, oh, I know. He used to be at Trinity, or is he yeah, still at Trinity? Yeah, or yeah. He's well. He's he's prepared this uh, on our behalf, and and it it uh, it's got a beautiful uh, picture of a a big dark glass of chocolate stout, um, but it was created especially for us. Um, he says he's going to uh, make it available uh, in his restaurant at Equal Exchange. Um, which is where he got the cocoa powder. It's not his restaurant, but Revival Brewery is where you'll be able to find it over the holidays. You know what that looks like? It would be good with some vanilla ice cream in it, and you could make like a chocolate beer like yeah. stuff float. But this has already got the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that exactly, might be good. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> um, and we we always have a feature on new local, local places. Um, we try to always find people who have just joined the local food scene, who have something to offer. Uh, We do some history. This issue has a um, wonderful story about the taste of chocolate in Colonial Newport. And um, not too many people knew there was a taste of chocolate in Colonial Newport, but it turns out there was a guy named uh, Aaron Lopez who uh, was of Portuguese descent and in 1767 made 
4,000 pounds of chocolate in Newport. Exactly. That's amazing. And you also talk about Chocolateville up in uh, it, Central, it, Falls Central Falls and Pawtucket. Yes, and we do. Was uh, that literally its name, Chocolateville? That was what it, Central Falls used to be called. Yeah, that's the original I, name of Central yeah. Falls, is Chocolateville. <laughs> wow. I think we should go back to that. Myself, <laughs> but, uh. but I know I, the, the other thing that I noticed in here, John, that I really loved is that you've got always a listing of the different fresh fruits and vegetables and yeah. seafood and meat and dairy that are in season. Because um, we know if something's in season, then it is affordable, going back to right. that. You know, yeah, and that's, and that's also a, a, a reminder to our readers that there's always uh, food in season in Rhode Island. And um, so you don't have to buy um, your vegetables in a cello bag from California or South America, that our local farmers are still producing things that are good to eat and drink all year round. Yeah, and I see that you also list farmer's markets in here. so Because there are winter's farmer's markets happening. There's a a wonderful farmer's market in Pawtucket. um, And there are other seasonal markets around the state. Now, John, I know that we only have a couple of minutes left here, but so this is such an amazing magazine. How, how can people get their hands on it? Uh, in every issue at the, at the back, there's a directory of advertisers, and each name has a little widget next to it that indicates that it's a place where you can pick up your copy. And almost all of our advertisers, if they have a retail presence, carry the magazine. If you don't have a magazine in front of you, you can go online to ediblerody.com and look for where to find it, and you'll find that same list. Uh, and and the website. magazine's for free at these stores. Yes, I don't, I don't think yes. I mentioned that. This, uh, this is important. It's, a, it's just a beautifully produced, informative, thoughtful, fascinating, up to the minute. I see the Salted Slate has something in here, which mm-hmm. has been open for a few weeks. Um, but this is a magazine that's produced with a sort of love and engagement, and it's available for free at many, many of the sort of members of the food community here. Yeah. And they're all listed in each issue, and I urge people to, to discover this. It's a, one of the one of the great... Uh, foundations of what's making the food scene so exciting in Rhode Island. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially pick this one up, because as John said, there's a great recipe, well, there's a lot of great recipes in there, but one to do with your family uh, at this holiday time, this mole. Make a mole. Make a mole. <laughs> I like that. That's got like a ring to sure. it. Sure. You know, make a mole. And, um, you know, there's also some great ideas for uh, Christmas presents. Uh, look at that Sweeners chocolate. Oh, or Garrison's yeah, chocolate, rather. We wow. have we have stories on local chocolatiers, which are absolutely amazing. Well, you know, John, which is another subspecialty. Yeah, that it is. we've got quite a few we very sure well-respected chocolatiers here. Yeah. Um, apparently, which we've had since 1750, when you know they go way back. They go way back, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and I think again, we we've got such an amazing food scene here. Um, whether it's you know Daniele and the prosciutto factory that's mm-hmm. um, here, but so much good stuff happening in Rhode Island. And again, the farmers markets. You know, s- support local, buy local. Yeah. And Can't go wrong. again, in Edible Roadie, you can find out a lot of great information. There's also a great drink section, and I'm just going to give a little plug here, because uh, I know her, um, <laughs> because she was on the show. But Willa Van Nostrand uh, is a contributing writer and always has got some wonderful apothecary uh, delights, I guess. Yeah, this one looks interesting. <laughs> it is. So, again, John Skank, uh, publisher of Edible Roadie, thank you so much for being thank with us. Thank you for having me. I yeah. love being here. And thank you for what you're doing for the food scene. This has been just uh, another important part of what makes the food scene so fascinating here. So, John, thank you. Thank, thank you. To all of our listeners out there, thanks for taking the time and uh, spending an hour with us. Uh, we've had a great time with you, and you can always go to the Waterfire website. And, and December 19th, we have uh, Water Christmas Water Fire. We do. So if they go to the Water Fire website, they can hear this, but they can also go waterfire.org 
slash or Christmas. forward slash Christmas, and you'll find lots of great information. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you.